Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for November 25. My name is John Mason. It's great you could join us. The Word on Wednesday is a midweek ministry of the Anglican Connection to encourage and strengthen hearts and minds from the Scriptures. In this week of Thanksgiving, we've included the Alleluia Chorus from Handel's Messiah, sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, with their generous permission. Prayers that reflect the concerns that many of us have are drawn from the prayer book. You may want to find out more about the Anglican Connection and the online conference we are holding in early February. Check out our website at www.anglicanconnection.com As we begin this week, Catherine Jacob will bring us a reading from the Bible. A reading from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 2020 has been so turbulent and horrible that we may be asking what's the point of Thanksgiving this year? Well, yes, with the announcement of an imminent release of vaccine for COVID-19, which is an answer to our prayers, there may be light at the end of the tunnel. That said, dark times can challenge us with the bigger questions of life and whether a good and caring God does exist. Come with me to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets, he said. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfil. These are remarkable claims. The law and the prophets, or sometimes the law, the prophets and the writings, were phrases used to reference our Old Testament. What then did Jesus mean when he says that he has not come to abolish, but rather to fulfil the law and the prophets? Matthew chapter 1 provides an important clue to Jesus' meaning. Before Jesus was born, Joseph had a problem. Mary was pregnant, and he knew he was not the father. When Joseph planned to divorce Mary quietly, an angel spoke to him, pointing out that everything about Jesus' birth was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Furthermore, in Matthew chapter 11, we read Jesus' words, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Jesus is saying that the prophets pointed to him and the law pointed to him. He was not working in opposition 
to the Old Testament. Rather, he was bringing everything it said to fruition. Think of it this way. Imagine all the law and the prophets are like light waves. They're travelling in parallel lines towards the coming of Jesus. As we now look back at his coming, his life and his death and resurrection, we could liken his coming to a lens through which the light waves of the law and the prophets are now filtered. Furthermore, the events of Jesus' death and resurrection are the focal point of the law and the prophets. Jesus said so himself. In Luke chapter 24, verses 27 following, we read what he said to the two with whom he walked on the road to Emmaus. Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared, he said. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses on all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. That is, our Old Testament. To return to the imagery of Jesus' coming being a lens and his death and resurrection the focal point of the law and the prophets, let's tease out some application. Having passed through the lens to the focal point, the light waves of the law and the prophets are now filtered. Some have come to an end. Others are given a new shape. So, for example, the laws concerning sacrifice for sin pointed to the need for a sacrifice that would perfectly satisfy God's righteous requirements. This is uniquely found in Jesus' death, so that while the principle of the need for a sacrifice for sin continues, because we're all sinful, the need for further sacrifices is now over. Or to take another example, the Ten Commandments that set out the essentials of our relationship with God and with one another point to Jesus' own life and his teaching. Jesus' life is the perfect exemplar of godliness and goodness, and not least in the way he honoured God by serving us in our deepest need. Furthermore, it is through the lens of Jesus' teaching that we come to understand more fully the high standards of God's kingdom. For in his sermon, Jesus goes on to speak about the inner meaning of the commands concerning murder, adultery, love and prayer for enemies, prayer and possessions, self-righteousness and hypocrisy. Jesus commands that his people are to practice and to teach these things. In verse 19 we read, Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Significantly, we will only ever begin to keep them if we have discovered God's love for us. For only then will we want to turn to him in honesty and humility, asking for his forgiveness. We will also want to pray that his Spirit will so change our hearts and his Word so teach our minds that we will want to honour and serve him with thankfulness in our hearts. Furthermore, in going on to speak of entering the Kingdom of Heaven, 
Jesus is saying that there will come a day when everything as we know it will have gone. For that reason, it's fitting to consider these words of Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with men and women. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. In Jesus fulfilling the law and the prophets, we see the God who serves, the God to whom we should give our heartfelt thanks and rejoice.
a prayer of thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give humble and hearty thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your amazing love in the redemption of the world through our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us that due sense of all your mercies, that our hearts may be truly thankful, and that we may declare your praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, now and forever. Amen. Catherine Jacob will now lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Andrew Pearson will now lead us in further prayer. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all people and banish from them the spirit that makes for conflict so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for everyone in need. O God, creator and preserver of all people, we humbly pray for all sorts and conditions of men and women that you would be pleased to make your way known to them your saving power among all nations. We commend to your fatherly goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed with any kind of sickness or sorrow, anxiety or need. Lord, we particularly pray for your comfort for those who are grieved by the loss of loved ones at this time. We pray for the ongoing research into a vaccine and cure for COVID-19. We also pray for the many who are out of work. Give wisdom and compassion to leaders, enabling them to facilitate an effective economic recovery and so provide opportunity for work for everyone. Lord, we also pray for those who are in physical, mental, or emotional danger at this time. Father, may it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. 
People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, Andrew Pearson, the Dean and Senior Minister of the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, and Catherine Jacob, a member of the Cathedral Ministry Team. The introductory and concluding music is from the Cathedral under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teardu and Zachary Hicks. Handel's Alleluia Chorus is sung by the Chamber Choir of St. Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney, Australia, under the direction of Ross Cobb. Prayers are drawn from an Australian prayer book, 1978, and the Bible readings are from the New Revised Standard Version. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you.